Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. It is episode seven. Hope everybody had a great week. I had a pretty good week myself. Talk a little bit about that a little bit later on. Uh, Now, uh, scheduling note, this is going to be the second to the last uh, Tuesday edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. And then starting in August, we will be moving to Saturdays. Um, and doing the Chris Carpenter show on Saturdays as I'm uh, starting back uh, with school in just a couple of weeks. So we've got all sorts of things to talk about this week. We're going to talk a little bit of sports. We're going to talk about tech. We're going to talk about Mike Leach. That should be fun. A little bit about the Olympics. I'm going to give you two movie reviews. Saw two movies within this last week. And a little bit of Star Trek, not a lot. And then we're going to finish up with some wrestling Thoughts, uh, Money in the Bank, Recap, AEW, and then some SummerSlam thoughts. So let's jump right into it, and we're going to start with some basketball talk. And last week, um, one of the things I talked about was the potential of a new recruit, a new transfer coming into the Tech basketball program, and that's in fact what happened. Um, O'Banner from Oral Roberts, he announced on Friday that he is transferring to Texas Tech. This is a major get for uh, Coach Adams and his staff. And it really hacked off Arkansas fans, which was really funny to watch. I'll talk about them a little bit in just a minute. But, you know, Mark Adams has done a great job, uh, number one, assembling a top-notch staff. I mean, I think those assistant coaches are are fantastic, and then also assembling, I think, a very top-notch team. And I think a team that is going to be underrated, I think they're going to be underrated in the press because, you know, there's there's the perception without Voldemort, Judas Beard, or Country Club, Chris Beard, that, you know, Tech is just a dead program. And, and you kind of saw a little bit of that talk uh, with uh, from the Arkansas fans and talk about some bitter bills. I mean, you know, Arkansas just took all sorts of shots against Texas Tech. You know, they took shots against the arena we play at, the USA, um, which if you've never been to the USA, the United Supermarkets Arena, it is a fantastic arena to go see uh, college basketball at. It's also a great concert venue. I've been to several concerts there as well. Um, and so not sure what they were what they are doing in Arkansas or what they're thinking in Arkansas. They may be still be a little bit bitter because the last time they came to Lubbock and the USA we whipped them and I mean they had they had some annoying fans there that were doing that little woo pig suey, you know, jazz that they love to do. Well, we whipped them and we sent them straight back to Arkansas, but you know, they took all sorts of shots and you know, Arkansas is I mean they're they have been a program on the rise, but you know, they they spent almost you know, over a decade in the wilderness after you know Nolan Richardson was was unceremoniously fired, um, and so and then, I mean they, yeah they won one national championship under Nolan Richardson but that was we're talking uh, twenty seven years ago now I mean come on what have you done for me lately Arkansas and you know they they're I think they're going to be a very strong team this year but you know they they are not on the level of Duke. North Carolina and Kentucky like their fans think they are at least yet so you know we'll see but back to Texas Tech basketball I mean huge get 
uh, for Mark Adams and, and crew. And it's going to be an exciting basketball season. They have a great schedule that they've released so far. They've got some really good opponents, uh, you know, that they're going to be playing, whether it be Providence or going up to uh, Madison Square Garden, in which uh, let me let, let me just let ESPN know that we are able in this area to get to New York City. They were, That was a foreign concept for them several years ago. You know, how did people from Lubbock come to get to New York City? Um, but we've got a great matchup against uh, University of Tennessee at, in Madison Square Garden. Mississippi State's going to be coming in for the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge. We're playing Gonzaga. It's going to be a fun schedule. And, and you know, I think we're going to be tested early on. But, you know, we're, we're in the best conference in the nation basketball-wise, and it's going to be a fun – I think it's going to be a real fun year uh, for Tech basketball. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll talk a little bit about Tech football. Um, we're, we're getting very close to the beginning of the football season. Uh, I think the Cowboys, in fact, have reported to training camp, so, and they are, they are the stars of hard knocks this year, so – we're, we're getting close to that, but uh, August, when August rolls around, we will see the beginning of uh, college football season practice and all of that. We had Big 12 media days last week. Um, I'll be honest, expectations for tech football for me are low. I'm hoping maybe we can get to six wins this year. Um, there are some good pieces. You know, I, I think Tyler Shuck, the quarterback that we got from Oregon, uh, he's a pretty pretty strong player. Um, I'm, I worry about the offensive line. You know, if you go back to the to the Leach teams of old, when you know when we actually were relevant in college football, those offensive linemen. I mean that they really made the difference. And you had some really great strong offensive linemen, you know, back then um, that played. So I'm a little bit weary wary of the offensive line. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think we're gonna we're gonna know pretty early on in this year how this Tech football season's going to go. Um, you know, everybody's been saying it. You know, I think the Houston game, which is their first game of the year, it's a must win if you want to get to a bowl game. And certainly, I think for Matt Wells to keep his job, it's a must win. And I think you win that. That's a good way to start because you've got two uh, pretty cupcake other non conference opponents you're playing. You can get yourself to three and zero real easily, and then you've got to get three more wins. I think you. I, I mean, I think you can beat Kansas. They're a dumpster fire. I mean, they, they they couldn't even get a plane to get to Kansas City. I mean, that's pretty terrible. Um, or not Kansas City. Excuse me. Uh, they couldn't get a plane to get to Arlington um, for the Big Twelve media days, and then they're just a mess with all other sorts of stuff. Um, so I think that's certainly a winnable game. I'll talk a little bit more about the rest of the schedule uh, when we get into August. But you know, I think Houston, you get that win, you got you've got some breathing room. So that, that's a big win. I do want to talk a little bit about Mike Leach, and it's something I, I meant to talk about last week because this popped up on the radio. But you know, there was a there was uh, all sorts of discussion when you know Tech was picked to finish ninth in the Big Twelve. You know, honestly, I think that's a fair pick. Tech hasn't done much in the past 10 seasons, 11 seasons now, since the whole Leach debacle happened. I mean, they've kind of been an embarrassment overall in football. And so, you know, to me, you got to show me. I, I've kind of gotten to the point with Tech football. It's, I'm, not, I'm not really 
banking on success. Show me. Show me. And I think a lot of fans kind of have that same attitude because it's been such a, I mean, it's been such a, you know, drastic drought. I mean, we had we had Patrick Mahomes for two years and the best record we could garner with Patrick Mahomes was a seven and six record. You know, we got to a bowl game, barely. You know, I mean, you have probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and that's all you could do. It's frustrating. Uh, but, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Leach because, you know, it, it always amazes me. You know, I turn on the radio and the the revisionist history about Mike Leach, it's, it's fascinating, but it's also not surprising because, you know, there was certainly, I think, a large segment of the tech fan population that never really warmed up to him because he, he's different. And I get that. He's different. But he wins. And he made tech football relevant. But one of the number one lies that is bantied about, and I heard this on the radio, it was a couple weeks ago on a certain morning show in Lubbock. I won't throw them any further under the bus. But the, the lie that was once again repeated, perpetuated, was this lie that, well, Leach got fired because he cussed out his boss. Now, Ken Hance, crooked Ken Hance, he loves to tell that story and banty that about. It's not true. There is all sorts of nefarious things that happened that led to Leach getting unceremoniously fired. And I would recommend a book uh, for you to read. Well, I'd recommend Leach's book, Swing Your Sword. But if you're a skeptic about Leach and thinking, well, he's just only going to tell the story that that makes him look good, then I recommend the Double T Double Cross book. And in fact, I think they just released a, uh, kind of an update to that to that book. But in that book, Double T Double Cross, the author uses the Freedom of Information Act to obtain emails concerning this whole Leach debacle. Because here's the thing. According to the state of Texas, Leach can't sue Texas Tech, but all of that email communication is subject to Freedom of Information Act request. And what the, the picture that is painted by those emails and other communications is that there's a couple reasons they ran off Leach. Number one was money because they didn't want to pay him the, you know, the money that they owed him. And, and here's the thing. Even if you think, oh, Le- what Le- you know, Leach should have gotten fired, blah, blah, blah. He was never paid for his final season as coach. He worked the 2009 season, in essence, for free. And he has no recourse to get that money back. That's not ethical business practices on the part of those bozos that were running the tech athletic department at the time. Or the tech administration as well. You know? But... You know, Ken Hance, he was in business with Craig James. I mean, Ken Hance is a politician. He's a career politician. You know, this is a guy that, I mean, I wouldn't believe things that come out of his mouth. He's a politician. So this whole myth about, well, Leach cussed out his boss, that's why he got fired, that needs to be put to bed. And it's it's a myth that's perpetuated and repeated by people that didn't like Mike Leach in the first place. Yes, I understand Leach is different, 
but he won games. And that's another thing. It's so interesting to me to hear media members go back and try to re- revise Leach's record at Tech and say things like, well, he never won a championship here. There's not a lot of Tech football coaches that have won a championship at Tech. So he can he joined the list. <laughs> and they they talk about, well, they were just, you know, barely average. We've lived through 12 years of mediocre football, folks. I will take the quote-unquote barely average leech years. We were relevant. He put on a good show. We won games. We're just a little bit step above Kansas. And fortunately, Kansas football just keeps shooting themselves in the foot on the field and off the field, or we would be down there with them. So this whole thing of, you know, revisionist history, that needs to be put to bed. And in my opinion, the only way that you finally kind of put to bed the whole leech saga is that at the very least, at the very least, they need to pay him for the 2009 season. Now, I think they owe him more, but, you know, at the very least, he should be owed the season that he worked, that he actually coached, that that he led us to a bowl game. So, rant over about, about Leach and, and football. <laughs> Talk a little bit, just real quick, about the Olympics. We are starting, uh, well, maybe, <laughs> uh, starting the Summer Olympic Games Friday. Um it's going to be an interesting Olympics. I'll be honest, I'm not that excited about the Olympics this year for a variety of reasons. Number one, it just, it feels off having it this year because of the whole COVID stuff. Um, I'm not expecting a lot of success out of some of the major U.S. programs. Basketball, I think we're in deep, deep trouble. Uh, the men have looked awful, and you know Popovich, he can rant and rave at the media all he wants, but they have not looked good. Um, and the women haven't really looked good either. And it's just kind of disconcerting to see that. Um, and it just, just I'm just not excited about it. Um, and like I said, at this point, we're still having the Olympics. We'll see. But, I mean, there, there's, there's, still, there's still a talk and discussion that maybe we won't see the Olympics this year. But, you know, I, I might flip over a couple times to see it. I will tell you this. Um, one of the things I, I really enjoyed in the 2016 Olympics that I, I'll definitely tune in for this time, and it, don't, it doesn't matter that the U.S., I think, is not very good at this, but, you know, rugby. I, I, was, I really enjoyed the rugby um, back in 2016 during the Rio games. So I'll, pro- I'll tune in for some rugby, um, and I'll probably watch a little bit of the swimming. But, I mean, just not... This doesn't seem like it's going to be a very exciting Olympics to watch. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I will say this, and, and, and it's getting better on the Olympic side. We, we've got one more to go through before, before it, uh, you know, kind of gets back to a little bit normal. But, you know, it's these cities overpay for the Olympics. They build all these, you know, massive arenas and other sports sporting courses and then right when the olympics are over i mean go back you know go look up what has happened uh in the the rio uh facilities especially the golf course 
it just goes to pot very quickly. And you just kind of wonder, that's a lot of money that they spent for a two-week extravaganza. You know, I think Los Angeles is doing it right. They're they're using a lot of existing structures. Um, you know, next year next year's Winter Olympics in China, I mean, it'll be another one where, you know, their government has fleeced its people and it's paying for these massive facilities and all this. Um, but I, hopefully after we get get out of China uh, in 22 in the Winter Games, the Olympics will kind of start to be, you know, a little bit more reasonable as far as, you know, having to build all these massive buildings and massive facilities for a two-week event that are never used again. So, uh, but should be... Should be interesting. We'll ho- hopefully we'll have some have some sort of Olympics this year. Talk a little bit about a couple movies I saw this weekend. Uh, last within this last week, I did finally see Black Widow, and I saw it last Wednesday. Um, the latest addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, interesting movie. I, those of you, and I know there are people that are not big into the superhero movies. And I get that, um, but I, if you're not big into superhero movies, but you like kind of spy thrillers or just action thrillers, you know, Black Widow may be a movie for you. Um, you don't have to necessarily understand what has happened before this movie. It kind of drops you in on the action. It's really, it's a story about, you know, the... Uh, Black Widow and her origin story, and then it it uh, brings us um, to right right um, before the Avengers um, Infinity War movie, which came out a few years ago. So I I thought it was a pretty strong movie. I don't know if necessarily it's my favorite of the MCU movies. I think Cap- the Captain America movies are still you know number one for me because I just really enjoyed them. But a pretty strong outing as far as um, Marvel movies. Um, now, was it worth waiting, you know, the year, year and a half we've waited for it? I don't know about that, but I was glad to see it in theaters. I, I'm i not going to fall for the Disney trick of let me fork over $30 in addition to the subscription fee that I pay already for Disney Plus to watch it on Disney Plus in my living room. So, um, but it's great, you know, pretty entertaining movie. I would definitely recommend it. If if you you enjoy spy thrillers, and then certainly if you're a Marvel fan, you'll you'll find plenty to enjoy there. I then last Friday went to see um, the movie Escape Room Tournament of Champions. This is the sequel uh, to a movie called Escape Room. the The original Escape Room came out. It was early 2019 when it came out and uh, it was like January when it came out and it was, it was a really fun movie. And if you've never seen it, the first one, uh, it's a really fun horror movie. It's a really fun movie that kind of riffs on escape rooms and there's more of the same in this second one. And here's the good news for those of you that didn't see the first escape room movie. I think you can jump in to this second escape room movie, the sequel pretty easily without having to having have having seen the first movie but i mean if you like horror movies if you if you're into escape rooms i think you'll like the escape room tournament of champions and it's a pretty short movie it was like i think an hour and maybe 30 minutes it was a very quick moving movie 
um, which was which was fun and as well. So um, I do plan on seeing old this weekend. I'm really looking forward to that. That's M Night Shyamalan's latest movie. Um, looks very interesting. I'm, I'm a big M Night fan. Um, my favorite of his is probably Signs, um, but. You know, he, he usually makes pretty strong movies. The Happening being the, the exception to that role. Um, so, anyway. Talk a little... I want to talk a little bit about Star Trek. Just just real quickly. Um, big The big news kind of coming out this week with Star Trek is... They do have a director for the next movie. And they, um, the next movie is slated to come out June 9th of 2023 um the director is going to be the person that was responsible for wandavision now i don't know that's good thing or bad thing we'll just kind of have to wait and see i liked wandavision i don't know if i necessarily want a wandavision version of star trek but um not a whole lot of other news about the movie yet um whether it's going to be in the Abrams universe, whether it's going to be in the Prime universe, I'm not sure. That you know, this this movie has been a start and stop pretty much since Star Trek Beyond came out. You know, initially when Star Trek Beyond came out, they had said we're going to do another fourth, we're going to do a fourth Star Trek movie with you know the Chris Pine and the original crew, plus Chris Hemsworth's going to come back. Well, that. Uh, you know, Beyond didn't do as well as they thought it would, and there was a kind of a money dispute oh, with Chris Pine and uh, Chris Hemsworth and, and, and several others, Zachary Quinto as well. And so that got shelved, and then there was, um, you know, Quentin Tarantino at one point uh, had written a Star Trek movie. Rumor has it it was going to basically be a, a redux of the episode a piece of the action which was that was an episode from the original series where the enterprise lands on a planet that's basically like 1930s chicago all the gangster stuff um that kind of got a little bit of legs but then you know there was it eventually it got canceled or got postponed i think quentin tarantino moved on um then there was another movie idea noah hawley that had he had written a movie and it actually sounded pretty intriguing what i'd heard the parts I heard about where basically this was going to be brand new characters, brand new story. Um, and they got pretty far. It sounded like with that movie project and even to where they were looking at casting and then, um, they canceled it. And a part of it, part of the issue with Star Trek movies has been that when Paramount was split into or Viacom was split into two, you know, CBS held the rights to the TV series. Paramount held the rights to the movies and basically it was never, never the two shall meet. Well, they've gotten back together. We have, you know, Paramount all is under one banner of Viacom. And that's why we have Paramount Plus now. Um, now, the, the, what could be interesting and what could affect this movie is there's all sorts of rumors that Viacom is up for sale. And I've heard, you know, possibly Amazon might buy Viacom. I've also heard Universal might buy Viacom. That's going to be interesting to watch for a couple of reasons. I think number one, you know, you're going to see one of the streamers go away. Most likely Paramount Plus would be integrated into either Amazon 
or into um, the Peacock streaming, which if if it's bought by Peacock, they've got to work on their streaming. They've got major issues uh, I'll talk about in just a second when we get to money in the bank. But, um, you know, just kind of be interested to see, you know, if there is a sale of Viacom, is that going to lead to the cancellation of this new movie? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, also, this Friday, we are going to have uh, the San Diego Comic-Con is going to start. And we are definitely going to have a panel. Uh, Captain Janeway, Kate Mulgrew is going to be part of it. And so hopefully we'll we'll get a trailer for Star Trek Prodigy and, and hopefully some sort of specific date when it starts. My suspicions since Lower Decks is going to be launching August the 12th, which is just about three weeks away, um, is that the Lower Decks will run first. And then you will see Prodigy after Lower Decks finishes season two. Uh, you'll see Prodigy come uh, come on the air, and because I I don't think they're going to have two Star Trek animated shows on at the same time. Now I think what will happen with Prodigy being on the air, I think you will have some overlap with Star Trek Prodigy and Star Trek Discovery because they. They are still saying, you know, Discovery Season 4 is going to premiere in 2021. Um, I think what's going to happen as far as premieres for Discovery is it will premiere in later half of 2021, but it'll carry over into 2022. So we'll see. We'll find out what happens um, starting Friday with the Comic-Con. And like I said, hopefully we get some sort of uh, trailer or or, um, maybe some sort of you know, video image of, of Prodigy and what it's going to look like uh, in action. All right, we're going to finish up with uh, some wrestling talk. We'll talk a little bit about Money in the Bank. Got to watch Money in the Bank on Sunday. And, you know, I, I've been sus- subscribing to Peacock for the last three months um, because, you know, I won basically free three months of Peacock. Shout out to United and the Monopoly game for that. Um, so I've been watching it. I've been subscribing to the Peacock last three months. I'm probably going to cancel it just because honestly, I, you know, it's just another streaming uh, that I have to pay for. And, uh, you know, I I have enough as it is (laughs) basically. Uh, but Peacock had all sorts of problems Sunday during the money in the bank broadcast. There was a, Basically, a period of 15 to 20 minutes where it stopped working. It was kind of glitching. It was fading in and out. Uh, it was fading into black. Finally, you know, I was able to restart the app and get it back going again. But, you know, Peacock needs to really work on their streaming service. You know, since the WWE Network got integrated in Peacock, there's been issues um, issues, you know, finding certain things in the video library and then obviously issues with the, with the stream as well. As far as the show itself, I think number one, and this started with SmackDown on Friday, it is so great to have fans back in the arenas. It is just a different atmosphere. It is 100% better atmosphere than the Thunderdome. And, you know, the Thunderdome, I think they did their best when they went to that format, Last August, uh, before that, when it was just them wrestling in an empty arena, it was that was really rough to watch. But it's there's just a big difference in the big time feel and the big time feel of all oh, this is a big show 
when you have fans in attendance. And so, you know, it started with SmackDown on Friday and it, it carried over to Money in the Bank and then carried over last night onto Raw. Um, as far as Money in the Bank goes, uh, both of the world champions um, retain their belts. Not surprising to me. I think the biggest surprise with the Roman Reigns match was John Cena coming out at Money in the Bank. You know, I certainly there had been all sorts of news and it pretty much been had been uh, revealed that it was going to be Cena versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. I I expected he would have shown up this at this week's SmackDown to set that up, but you know they they did it at Money in the Bank and it worked really well. I mean, he got a huge pop when his music started, and so I think that was a really good surprise on the WWE's part. Um, it was not surprising that Seth Rollins interfered in the match. That's going to set up Seth Rollins versus Edge at SummerSlam, which I think will be a pretty solid match as well. Um, now, the Money in the Bank matches. Uh, let's talk first about the women's Money in the Bank. Uh, Nikki Ash wins the Money in the Bank, and I, I did not predict her. I think I predicted initially Becky Lynch, and she didn't. She still hasn't made an appearance, so I'm, that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, maybe she'll show up Friday night on SmackDown, but. Um, I'm, I'm real happy that they gave, gave it to her. I thought, I think, uh, she has been someone, she's been a real hard worker and, you know, she's been someone that I don't think has gotten the breaks and the, the opportunities and she, she won the money in the bank. And then last night she cashed it in and won the raw women's title, which I think is the perfect time for her to cash in. So again, WWE continues with the women's money in the bank. They, They've been great every single year with who they pick. And I'll be interested to see um, where they go from here with Nikki Nikki Ash as the women's champion on Raw. Now, on the men's side of things, I had predicted a couple people. I thought maybe possibly Seth Rollins, possibly, um, you know, John Morrison. I would like to see that. They go with Big E, and I'm good with Big E, um, you know, I think I talked about last week that I, I think he was somebody that, that could be the guy that finally knocks off Roman Reigns. Um, and so that's why I didn't necessarily see him winning the, the briefcase at that point. I don't know if he was ready. I don't see him cashing in on, on Roman Reigns. I, I think he will cash in on Lashley. And um, that's, that's who he ends up cashing in on. Um, now the bigger question now is going to be, who is going to be the guy that knocks off Roman Reigns? And that'll be interesting to watch. But yeah, I think I'm I'm happy that Big E won. I think he is definitely a star in the making and can definitely be the top guy. And I, uh, I think he will cash in on Lashley and not Roman Reigns. So we'll talk a little bit uh, about SummerSlam. Where do we go from here? Well, they've already set up several... Ma- uh, you know, several matches. We've got the Cena, Roman Reigns, and I'll give my predictions when we get a little bit further down the road. Um, then we've got Edge versus Seth Rollins. I think that's going to be a solid match. And then last night, Goldberg returns, and it looks like he is going to be challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. Now listen, I grew up with Goldberg and the undefeated streak, and it was great. You know, Goldberg, Goldberg. 
I'm kind of tired of Goldberg. And I'm kind of tired of he just pops in and, oh, he's got another world title shot. So I fully expect Lashley's going to beat him. But I, I think it might be getting to the point pretty soon that the Goldberg character needs to be put to bed and and move on. Um, so now, could we see maybe Goldberg take everything out of uh, Bobby Lashley, still lose, and then Big E cash in? Possibility. I don't know. I'll I'll make my final predictions in a few weeks right before the event itself. So those are the matches we have set up so far. We'll see, certainly we'll probably see several more matches set up. Um, And there, uh, you know, this is going to be a WrestleMania level event with them being at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. So I fully expect you're going to see all sorts of big time matches. And then having it on a Saturday is kind of going to be interesting as well. Um, Let's wrap up with some AEW talk just real quick. Um, they are they are really talking about there's going to be a big surprise tomorrow on AEW, and there's been all sorts of um, you know speculation what who or what that might be. Um, the big speculation is this could be where Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, comes to AEW. I think that's probably the best case scenario for AEW is if they're able to bring uh, Brian Danielson in. Um, I've also heard CM Punk, you know, I think CM Punk is about five years too late from really making an impact. I think, I think the ship has sailed on him, but you know, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm always skeptical when wrestling promotions talk about where I have a big surprise planned because historically that's not worked very well. I remember the first time a wrestling business promotion said, oh, we've got a big surprise, tune in, was WCW in 2000 when you had Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff running the show. And the big surprise was they turned Goldberg heel, which did not work. And almost immediately they turned it back. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to watch uh, tomorrow night, AEW Dynamite, and see what what transpires but you know they're they're putting on some solid shows now certainly they're not they're not going to be i think anytime soon at the level of being able to compete with the wwe but i think having an alternative um for guys for for superstars to go to but also you know having an alternative for fans is a big deal it's going to really you know i think wrestling is at its best when you have competition you know, that's why the 90s were so hot is because you had the Monday Night Wars and it really pushed Vince McMahon and the WWF to up their game. And they haven't had to up their game for, you know, 20 years now because they haven't had the competition. So we'll see what happens. I'd love to see AEW continue to flourish. So that that is the end of this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Like I said, uh, I will be back next Tuesday. Next Tuesday will be our last Tuesday edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. And then we will shift over to a Saturday schedule um, as the school year begins. Anyway, I hope everybody has a great week. And I will see you next week on the Chris Carpenter Show. <laughs>